everyone, and welcome to Millennium Live, our digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. If you're looking to gain insights on the healthcare industry from every angle, then look no further. Samir Batra is the CEO and founder of Baja Enterprises, helping tech companies accelerate growth. He's a wealth of knowledge and shares with us his thoughts on the future of specific technologies, the many mergers that have occurred within the last few years, and his experience as a Millennium Alliance Advisory Board member. We are here at the Millennium office in New York with Samir Batra. He's the founder and CEO at Baja Enterprises. Thanks for being here in New York. I appreciate it. Thank you. So tell our members a little bit about you and your company, Baja Enterprises. Give us the scoop. Sure. So I've uh, been in healthcare um, pretty much ever since 2001. So uh, and pretty much focused on the provider side from a um, customer, user, or entity perspective. So always sort of been dealing with patients and clinicians. I started off uh, in consulting actually with a company called the Advisory Board in D- Washington, D.C., which is part of uh, Optum now. And what that really gave me the opportunity to do is understand healthcare, um, not having, you know, experienced it in college. So I, you know, I, I went to Purdue, studied engineering and finance, pretty boring topics. But uh, healthcare obviously has a lot of uh, interesting challenges. So, but coming into healthcare, you, if you haven't studied, um, you know, a healthcare discipline from an academics perspective, you have to really live it. You have to experience it. So that's what my consulting experience sort of gave me, the chance to really um, live and breathe what hospitals go through. So, you know, we have a joke. It's like, well, I learned how hospitals operate. I mean, I'm sorry, how they don't operate. (laughs) Tongue in cheek. sounds right. (laughs) Yeah, so, and you really got a chance to uh, see all shapes and sizes from you know, small, little rural hospital in in Arkansas to, you know, big health systems in New York City. So, and everything in between. So, and then also from a functional perspective, learned not only a specific discipline on the provider side, but uh, everything from, you know, cost implications to efficiencies to, um, you know, workforce management to service excellence to sort of really sort of, you know, almost like, going to college for healthcare, except you're getting paid <laughs> and, you Real get life. Tra- and you get <laughs> to travel. Right. Um, so I did that for, you know, about five, six years and then actually joined uh, a company called CSC computer sciences corporation, which is basically a big tech outsource firm at that time had a health, a decent sized healthcare practice. The company itself is 76,000 employees. Oh, so wow. they're a, you know, a publicly traded company. And my offices were actually in New York, right across, right around the corner from me at the really? MetLife building. Okay. Yeah. Which I visited twice in my entire year and a half working there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because when you, you were always on the road. Yeah. You're on the road, like <laughs> 99% of the time. Aye. So, but you know, I, it, I got a chance to sort of step back from there and understand what I wanted to do in healthcare. And it gave me exposure to technology, but it also gave me exposure to strategy and sort of the bigger, you know, bigger, bigger idea. But one of the things that I also learned with that role was that, um, you know, I'm not a theorist. I I don't like to just do things, you know, what if, and then nothing actually gets put into practice. And so 
unfortunately, that's what my experience there showed me was I spent all this time with these very high-level academic providers uh, to literally create a report four months later that probably is just going to be sitting on somebody's desk right. and not really get used. And that's not why I continued to stay passionate in healthcare. So I said, you know, this is perfect. I need to go from a 76,000 people company to like a 50 people company. I think that's the best next move, right? Wouldn't you say so? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so it's completely putting yourself in a different environment. But right. I think it was my calling. So that's where I sort of um, went down the entrepreneurial route. And then for the next 10, 12 years, I worked in healthcare startups, all in exec teams, all focused around patient experience, engagement, care coordination, communication, care management. So basically that discipline between the provider and the patient and really understanding how technology can play a role in it. And that's sort of what I've built my career around. A couple of years ago, after my latest, I call it wash, rinse, repeat, laundry. You know, okay. it's like, you know being yeah. in a startup is like doing laundry. Yeah. Right? So it's like, <laughs> it's like doing a load of laundry. I and like that analogy. Yeah, so <laughs> after I'd done, you know, finished my last load of laundry, I decided I needed a, a different sort of challenge. Um, and I think, um, you know, I told uh, my wife and I said, you know, I don't want to sell or implement a product at a hospital. And, um, you know, and I don't want to um, uh, build, build a product either. And she looked at me like I was crazy because I'd been doing that for, you know, 18 years. And she's like, wait, you've always worked with providers and you've always worked with, you know, building a product. What are you going to do? And I was like, you know, those, those those that don't teach, you know, that whole thing. I was like, well, that's, I think, what I want to do. So I, I felt like I wanted to um, help entrepreneurs, sort of guide them in their journey, having experienced a lot of ups and downs. And when I mean ups and downs, everything from, you know, having success, being sold for parts, being acquired and going public. So I had, you know, lots of different experiences in a very short amount of time. And it was like, you know... Um, in my old age, not that I'm old, <laughs> I had time to, you know, share the wisdom. Um, and I think a lot of times the, the thing that I'm doing now, a lot of folks do later in their life, like in their 50s and 60s, where they're like, oh, I'm done working and now I'll just sort of advise. And I'm just sitting there going, why do I have to wait to why be not? so old to do that, right. you know? Um, and so I think that's what really what Baja is about is that we're sort of, we sit at the intersection of entrepreneurs and investors purely in healthcare. Mm. So on the entrepreneurial side, we're sort of guiding their journey, right? So there's a lot of work that you need. Um, and you need basically, to be honest with you, you need a therapist, but you can't afford a therapist. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, being an advisor to them is sort of like being a therapist, right? You're sort of guiding them and you've seen landmines before and you can sort of give them recommendations and, and connect them to people and all those sorts of things. So it's literally, it's really leveraging um, my personal network and my professional network and my seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon network yeah. <laughs> to basically help these entrepreneurs, you know, how, uh, in their journey. And I've been in their shoes, so I sort of, you know, have experienced what they've experienced. Right. And then similarly, from an investor perspective, you know, this is why we're talking today. This is why, you know, uh, Millennium Alliance is having great success with assemblies focused on healthcare because healthcare is hot. And it's also people are starting to understand that, you know, this is a very important business. Not, yes, it's, an, it's a business as well. Not only, you know, it's very personal. But from an investor perspective, there, a lot of them are new to it, 
right? Just like we're seeing a lot of consumer companies that are jumping into healthcare. It's uh, there's a lot of opportunity, but it's a new world, right? It's a different ball game when you have to deal with payers and and um, you know hospitals and patients. It's a it's a different dynamic. Right. Um, so from an investor perspective, we are sort of their partners that, you know, A, we bring them solutions or companies that are interesting to them, um, but then we also provide some level of due diligence for them. You know, So yes, they can hire really smart MBAs from top schools, but those young folks don't know about healthcare. If you remember what I said in the beginning, you can only experience healthcare. <laughs> you have to experience it as a business. Obviously, personal experience makes a big difference too. But that's how you're going to really be able to see some of the you know finer points, especially when you're looking at making um, you know investments in companies. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of what we do. So it's sort of a you know, and then the third part of our sort of strategy with the same sort of group of folks is data is really market data, you know, and it gets really lost in time because, you know, we're based in Silicon Valley. We're based in the Bay Area in San Francisco. So we're surrounded by entrepreneurs and we're surrounded by investors and then we're surrounded by basically academics. So that's sort of our three pronged, uh, you know, a representation and some really successful entrepreneurs really messed it up for everybody else. Right. So the, you know, the uh, Steve Jobs of the world and, and the Elon Musk's of the world, they really messed it up and Mark Benioff's of the world. They messed it up for the regular entrepreneur because those some folks, and I'm not saying there's a small group, there's a large group too. They're visionaries. They can see things before they happen, right? Well, for some reason, every startup entrepreneur thinks that they're <laughs> the next coming of Steve Jobs. <laughs> and they're like, I will build it and they will come. It's like, no, buddy, that, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> we need data. And especially in healthcare, healthcare is evolving and changing. And there's so many different players that you need data. And that's basically what we bring to the table. We bring um, truth serum or we bring your baby's actually ugly and we'll tell you why um, data. <laughs> and that's a hard pill to swallow for startups. Um, and investors obviously want that data, right? So um, that's what we do. We actually, it's really just providing feedback on solutions for those startups through the lens of their end users. So their end users could be clinicians or they could be patients. Um, and then also similarly, listen, does anybody actually care about what you're building? <laughs> Will the buyer actually buy your solution? Does the decision maker actually care about what you're building as well? So the same, similarly, confidentially getting feedback from your potential buyer. So it's a little bit different than, you know, these major consulting companies that launch market studies. First of all, an entrepreneur can't afford a $300,000 study. Right. And then how is an entrepreneur supposed to take a $300,000 study and relate it to their little business? And do like, something with And that, do something right. with it. So our focus is very personalized. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really understanding what they're trying to do, what they're co- trying to accomplish with their product or their sales roadmap. Um, and then we do a ton of thought leadership, obviously sitting here uh, with Millennium Alliance as well, you know, just keeping up with the pulse of the industry. Right. Yeah. So you're you're seeing healthcare through every yeah. lens. So we're halfway through 2019. We mm-hmm. still have quite a bit more to go. Yeah. Um, but is there a technology or a trend that has popped up this year that's really taking over healthcare and, and more specifically the patient experience? Yeah. And I think, you know, the good and the bad with healthcare when it comes to tech trends is that it takes too long. It takes too long. <laughs> right? right. So from both angles, 
um, it's a good thing if you say it takes too long because that means it really needs to sort of mold itself and really, you know, get its, you know, get grounded. Um, at the same time, how it's bad is, you know, technology is moving at the speed of light, you know. So um, why are you not adapting fast enough? Because as we've sort of heard and seen, people are saying and everything that, U.S. healthcare is lagging behind and it continues to lag behind, right? And it's getting worse. So what do you do to jolt it? And obviously, we've had a lot of innovation from, you know, outside of healthcare sort of coming into healthcare, like Amazon and Google and Microsoft and, you know, other companies. But so I think the biggest thing that I'm starting to see, and I'm going to say this from a couple of different angles. um, One is I think providers are starting to get more comfortable with innovation and technology. And to be honest with you, they don't have a choice because what's happening in general in healthcare is that consumers and patients are getting more control over their healthcare. Good, bad, or ugly, whatever you want to look at it, is that um, the insurance companies or payers are starting to say, well, you know what, um, we're going to increase premiums or, you know, your deductible or your, you know, um, or your threshold for before we start covering you. So when you have to spend $5,000 yourself, you're going to shop, right? Like you're not just going to go where the doctor tells you to go. So there's that consumerism that's entered our space. And obviously it's impacted patient experience tremendously. So from that perspective, um, convenience, you know, um, information, education become really the center points of of um, decision-making for patients, and obviously it impacts patient experience as well. So so I think, you know, the, the trend has always been there. We've always seen a lot of technologies coming around patient experience or consumer engagement and things like that. But I think the economic dynamic has shifted where now that responsibility is more on the patient and it is more on the consumer. So we're starting to see a lot more of that happen. So there's a lot of technologies or solutions coming out to sort of bridge that gap, you know, from a consumer and, and, and provider perspective. And I think the providers are under pressure because you have a lot of consumer-centric options, like the One Medicals of the world, or you can get a doctor to come to your house, and you can do telemedicine and things like that. So um, I think telemedicine is just scratching the surface right now. I think virtual care is just scratching the surface. I mean, it's been around for a long time and you've had big companies in the space, but I think there's a lot of different models that are launching. And I think the models that are launching in virtual care are really also focused around specific use cases. So like mental health is a huge one that's being focused on and, and things like that. Um, I mean, outside of that, the other big one that is not really a trend, it's sort of just like an aha moment and we're finally there, is data, right, in healthcare. And it's understanding how to utilize data to predict your actions and to help you do things better i'm going to say the really boring and overplayed word now that we even see it in ads now ai right that buzzword the buzzword (laughs) but um but i think healthcare has such a such an amazing ability in ai i mean yes it's sort of played out and people and hospitals are also starting to get annoyed with provide you know companies coming in and say oh i do ai Um, but at the same time, I mean, it is the future. I mean, you know, it's taking really highly complex sets of data, volumes of data and processing it and then having insights and analysis come out of it. I mean, yes, it's played out, but you're not going to survive if you don't adopt AI. So it's just, you know, it's just the way that things are going to happen. So I think, and I think patient experience has a huge 
you know, impact on from an AI perspective as well, because there's so much data on a patient's experience, right? It's not just that survey anymore, right? It's all these consumer <laughs> tools and social media platforms. People are talking about healthcare a lot. So, you know, you need to understand and have a bigger picture. Um, and I think that's going to be really important as, as we move forward, especially in patient experience. And this is just, it's just the beginning. It's exciting to see where it's going to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a bit about um, some of the mergers of, in healthcare that mm-hmm. are going on right now um, or throughout the last couple of years, as well as the impact of big tech joining the industry. So I guess you kind of answered this, but is this trend continuing? It sounds like... Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, you know, the way I look at it is, I mean, everything has sort of a, the normal bell-shaped curve, right? Everything goes up, everything goes down. Right. Um, that's sort of normal. But I think, you know, some I'll, I'll, I'll throw out another comment that I sometimes hear. People are like, well, you know, when are we going to ha- hear this? And it so annoys me at conferences. Who's going to be the next Facebook or Uber? <laughs> Just shut up. We okay? all want to know. We're not, <laughs> this, it's healthcare. We're never going to have something like that. Because sure. when you have buyers and users that are, you know, you know, controlled from a regulation perspective, like you have the government or you have payers and you have people. I mean, you have four or five different people like with buying power. It's going to be really hard to have an Uber or a Lyft or a, you know, Google, Amazon, whatever you want to call it in, in healthcare. It's just not going to happen. And what's what the trend that, you know, people don't relate to healthcare, but it's happened in other industries for decades is that technology gets built and then gets absorbed by bigger companies. Um, you know, at some point, I think, you know, GE had a statistic that they were like, you know, they used to buy like, I don't know, five, 10 businesses a week or something, or I think maybe oh even gosh. a day or something. They were like a huge, you know, they were just, you know, buying stuff like that. So people don't think Apple and Google are doing that. They're like, oh, they're so innovative. Yes, they are. But they're also buying a lot of companies every day. So I think, um, I think the trend that we will see publicly about health, you know, like the big companies coming into healthcare will continue. Um, so like the Amazons and, you know, Microsofts and Googles. And I think that will definitely continue to happen. I mean, I sort of predicted this on the health system side. I was like, look, we're going to have a contraction. I was sort of used to say this like 10 years ago. I'm like, there's going to mm-hmm. be a contraction because it's just a, a matter of the model of, of, um, economics in the u.s when it comes to health insurance and just what's happening in the marketplace um when you become such a consumer consumer centric industry um small non-profits or hospitals cannot compete it just you just can't unless you're a specialized hospital and so that's what we're probably going to be left with is just specialized hospitals and these massive uber health systems regional and national level I mean, even in in your in the backyard of New York, it's happening, right? Like Meridian and Hackensack right. and all these systems are sort of just you know gobbling up together because it's a it's the ability to um, to control and to also uh, you know give the consumer a full experience, right? So they're not only buying other hospitals, they're also buying the little you know practices around them, right, and services around them because they're trying to give that patient a complete experience. Um, so I think that's going to continue. I think providers will continue to, you know, eat each other. Um, so you'll still have, I think you'll still have a lot of hospitals, but you'll have less names because they'll be branded under the, you know, under systems. And, you know, a lot of my hospital and inpatient friends don't like when I say this too, is that (laughs) look in the future, I think you're going to just become a ICU and a trauma center. 
you know, because the way technology is going, you know, I don't need to be in the hospital and everything's been proven that the less time I stay in your hospital, the the better results I'm going to have, the less chance I'm going to get an infection and like, you know, all those sorts of things. So I think everything that's possible is going to continue to move out of the hospital. But when you have some trauma or you have a very complex procedure, like ICU related procedure, then you'll go to the hospital. Yeah, but everything fine. else will be outpatient, same day, you know, those sorts of things. So um, it's healthier for everybody. So I think hospitals are having to, f- are being forced to innovate in that sense as well. But um, so I think that'll continue. The, the insurance and provider combination or consumer combination will be interesting as well. It's funny because years ago, you know, folks used to make fun of Kaiser. <laughs> and now they look like geniuses because it's true. right they're, they they were a payer and a provider together from the beginning and now you have Geisinger's doing that and Cleveland Clinic's doing that and it's other people are trying to do it it's the thing to do now it's <laughs> the thing to do right control your cost control your quality control the experience right so yeah so we're we're talking a lot about trends and hearing your insights you were just recently at our patient experience transformation assembly so mm-hmm. for those listening uh we bring together patient experience officers and chief nursing officers and so you went to a lot of the sessions. Mm-hmm. You led some sessions as well. Yeah. Um, what were some of the big, either key takeaways, um, you know, from from that program? What What are people talking about? Yeah, and I think again, I'm gonna sort of you know continue riding my my horse, which is the technology horse. But I think um, I've noticed a difference, and even between, you know, the the December one and the f- spring one, and then just, you know, being involved in the space uh, from a thought leadership perspective over time, they're embracing change in technology and different models of delivery of healthcare and, and consumerism. And I think, you know, it's hard. Healthcare is, is not used to change. And I think sure. um, it's funny when I, when I talk to entrepreneurs who are trying to, trying to get into hospitals and implement, you know, I, they're like, what's my biggest hurdle? And I say change management. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, they don't like to change. <laughs> and they're like, why are we doing selling to healthcare? I'm like, yeah, good luck, right? It's like trying to mix oil and water. So, yeah. um, but I think that's, it's hard. But I think patient experience and, and chief nursing officers, they have a unique place in the, in, in, you know, in the industry. And I think it's a position, both, even the CNO, the CNO position has been around forever. But I think it's transformed because, um, clinician and patient care or experience are so tied together that a lot of times CNOs used to be like, oh, that's, you know, that's patient experience. That's not my job. Not my job. Right. And, and so I think I saw that change. I'm mm-hmm. seeing that change where there's sort of, and I think it's, it's really good of you guys to have CNOs at that ex- conference because we're starting to hear that they're like, oh, wait, what about us? Like, you know, you're having this happen, but, you know, we need to be involved in it because right. we impact a lot of what happens to that patient when we control the population that's actually taking care of them at the hospital, right? The nurses, the largest, largest uh, group of staff. So I think that's something I saw from a visibility perspective and understanding that, look, you know, I, this is not something I could just pass the buck and we need to be cognizant of it. Um, and then, yeah, I think technology, because I think they're realizing that this job is not possible without, with without them, it. with just process. And, you know, we hear that all the time. Oh, yeah, you know, we need process and people and technology is not good without it. True. But I think people are starting to really understand, yes, it is a relationship, right? right. It is a combination of two. All about collaboration. It is collaboration. <laughs> technology can't do it alone. Get it. But at the same time, those the folks that you had in the room, they're the ones who control the voice. And if they're not on board that they don't understand if technology can make a difference, then 
it's just not going to happen. Right. So. Yeah. So you're one of the newer members on the advisory board mm-hmm. at the Millennium Alliance. So I'm curious to hear what are what are you excited about um, in joining and, and working with our members and other advisory board members? Well, I think opportunities like um, the spring conference, this, you know, not as they say, putting pen to paper on a digital format. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, that's what I'm, I'm excited with what you guys are doing in terms of your mission, giving a voice to the industry from a different, unique perspective. And from a very honest perspective, I like that. I like that it's, uh, there's, it's neutral. And I also like the fact that companies that have technology solutions in this space are trying to get a voice and they're also trying to, um, let's just be honest, they're a business. They're trying to sell their solution. It's such a complex environment. You know, it's such an uncomfortable environment, right? When you're selling something to anybody, it's just, you know, it's, and I think healthcare just makes it, makes everything more difficult. So. <laughs> and we continue to make it difficult. Um, and so I think I have an appreciation for both coins that you guys are focused on, right? The the technology companies who are trying to, you know, help change that industry, and then those providers who are trying to come together to move the industry forward. So I'm, I'm excited for that journey, excited to help you guys. And then, yeah, just to have a platform to, you know, to blab about things. So <laughs> it always helps. That's what it's about. <laughs> so. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let's embrace this change and stay tuned for what's coming up in this industry because it'll be uh, exciting. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation. Head on over to mill-all.com for more information.